Is there a guy in the 2023 NFL draft that is a run the ticket in guy for the Green Bay Packers? And if so, how aggressive should Green Bay be willing to get to go draft that player? We dig into that on today's show. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Touchdown! You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Let's talk about the draft today. And I have a couple interesting ways. I think they're interesting. I hope you'll find them interesting of, of thinking about the draft. I threw a couple prompts out. On Twitter, and and the first one was, um, if there is a player at fifteen, of course, Jets fan jumped on that. Why not thirteen? Um, if <laughs> if there is a player at fifteen, oh, Jets fans, they are on tilt. Uh, if there's a player at fifteen that you go, okay, you just have to pick them. And by the way, there have been players like this in the past where the Packers actually made the right decision. We go, okay, if this player is there, you have to pick them. Like go back to the 2018 draft. I think a lot of Packer fans would have said Derwin James. If he's there, you have to pick him. And then they passed on Derwin James. They got a future first round pick and then they traded up and got Jair Alexander, who is a better player and, and certainly a more available player, plays a more premium position. So this is not, you know, fans, not GMs, but also our feelings in the moment don't always translate to our feelings a couple years down the road. Understanding all of that, the vast majority, like the overwhelming pick was Jackson Smith Najigba. Now, before we get to him, I want to look at some of the other candidates. So... Some popular names, Lucas Van Ness. I just don't think so. I know I threw him up in some mock drafts over the course of this offseason. Um, I've watched it. I've, I've studied it. And I just, I can't get there at 15. He is not a run the card in guy for me. The same is true of Nolan Smith. The same is true of Miles Murphy. I just don't see that guy as a pass rusher. Now, Tyree Wilson, I think he's the best pass rusher in the class. I think he's better than Will Anderson. I know I'm in the minority of that. If he's there, that's a guy that you run the card in. But while you never say never, he's not going to be there. Okay, so I don't think... I don't think for me anyway, there is a run the card in pass rusher. So then you start to think about offensive tackle. Paris Johnson was a name that I got a fair amount. 
That's an intriguing one. Now, I haven't, I haven't studied Paris Johnson, Ohio State offensive tackle, but from, from what I've gathered, from what I've learned in this pre-draft process, elite athlete, we know that, and would fit this Matt LaFleur zone scheme. So from that standpoint, I would understand it. He is a consensus top 10 player. And so if he's there at 15, I would get it. We're gonna get we're gonna talk more about this idea of offensive tackle and positional value later in the show. So there's not really a lot of other names that I got because while I think you know the Packers could have some interest in some defensive linemen, Jalen Carter. There's a chance. There is a chance. There is a reasonable scenario that Jalen Carter falls to 15. I I don't see them going that route. But if he falls to 15, it's hard to argue. Talent wise, he's he's worth it. I don't know about the off field stuff. I don't know about the attitude stuff. I don't know about the coachability stuff. I know that Todd McShay caught a lot of heat for talking about that. And then a lot of reporters, a lot of people in the know have said, yeah, the reality is there there are question marks about Jalen Carter. We'll see what happens there. The receiver spot, though, and for me, the player is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Makes a lot of sense for a lot of different reasons. And, and tight end, you know, Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus chimed in on this prompt and said Dalton Kincaid would be one of those guys. Well, we didn't see Dalton Kincaid work out. We haven't seen him work out. He's got that back injury. I think short of seeing that the testing, because he's already an older prospect, I'd like to know for sure he's the athlete I think he is. And then he would be a run the card in guy. Short of that, like I'd, I would feel comfortable picking him at 15 but it's not a no-brainer, no doubt if he's there, I have to take this guy. Jackson Smith the Jigba is that player. And so that leaves me going, okay, if there is this one guy, and, and I guess we can go to Paris Johnson. If there are these two players who are the guys that you feel great about at 15, what are you willing to give up? To go get them. Because this happened back in 2020. How many people were willing to give up the picks necessary to move up to get Justin Jefferson? And and I sort of said no one was willing to do that. And then I went back and looked at a prompt that I had put out on Twitter. And it turned out a lot of people on Packers Twitter were like, I'll give up a third. You know, whatever it is for me to get up to where Justin Jefferson needs to get to. I'll take Justin Jefferson. Good on you guys for doing that. Um, I felt like no one to stick and pick Brandon I Michael Pittman, and I, I still kind of feel like that was the right approach because it was such a loaded class. The Packers just didn't see the value there, and they love Jordan Love, and it turns out he's going to be the starting quarterback this year, so maybe they end up being right, especially if Jordan Love turns out to be good. The Rich Hill value chart, trade value chart with, bat, with picks, um, says... The Packers' 15th pick plus their third-round pick should get them to about 10. And in 10, you're passing Tennessee, who could be in the market for receiver. You're passing New England, who could be in the market for receiver. You're passing the Jets. These are important places to move. And if you're the Eagles, 
you have the other first round pick. And so you kind of don't don't mind moving down. Plus, the top of this draft, I've said it before, it's just not very good. So would you be willing to give up that third round pick? Well, in a vacuum, I would say maybe not. But in this draft, you're going to get the one receiver. The one receiver who truly stands out among the rest. Um, Jackson Smith Jigba is wide receiver one in this class with a bullet at the top. He is a tier at least above everyone else. And comes in and fits beautifully with what the Packers want to be is the quarterback friendly guy you want with a quarterback like Jordan Love. Or any quarterback, frankly, but a young quarterback, especially someone who's trying to find their bearings. He is that bucket getter and is the kind of player who could come in right away and fundamentally change your offense. So for me, yes, absolutely. You give up 78 if you have to, to go up to 10 to get Jackson's mid the Jigba because getting a pass catcher and not just a pass catcher, but a receiver that can, that can work the middle of the field, that can convert third and six and just get open, can, can do everything that you need to complement Christian Watson. And now you have a one-two punch, add in Romeo Dobbs. You can get your tight end on day two. All of that magnificent, wonderful work that he can do is so valuable for your offense. There's not anyone else that they're going to find in the draft that is as a sure a thing to do those things as JSN. So for that reason, that is the guy I would be willing to go up and get. This also, though, dovetails with what we were talking about yesterday. Why trading down makes sense. Like, let's say, let's just say, uh, you know, a team surprises us and you see JSN go off the board like at eight or nine. The Bears draft him, although they've they've invested heavily in their um, receiver room. I don't, I don't know if that'd be a great allocation of resources for them, but Bears fans are convinced that he's going at nine. Let's say he goes at nine, and you can't get above that. And then Paris Johnson, he went, he goes at eight, or he goes at ten, or whatever, and you just don't have an opportunity to get him. That's where the trade down makes a lot of sense because there just aren't these other players where you go, we have to take that guy. I think in other years, those guys existed. I just don't think they exist this year. All right, we're going to talk about all of this in the context of positional value. And not just positional value, but actual value, real money value, and how that can help us think about the kinds of players in the first round that make the most sense for the Green Bay Packers. Before we get there, the Built March Madness bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar, Puff, and now's your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. I'll be voting for the Coconut Puff. You know that. I just ordered some more of them. And you have to vote for your team. You support your team. Support your bar, Puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar, Puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky Lockdown listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one Lockdown fan will win a 12-month subscription to Built to have Built's best bars or Puffs delivered monthly straight to your door. You got to try Built. Built's the best protein bar ever. It is covered in 100% real chocolate. It's got the flavor, but it still has the macros, the protein, low in sugar. It is 
Terrific. It is unlike anything else in the space. So run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box. While you're there, you can vote every day in March. So hop in and support your pick. I want to investigate this a little more, right? Trading up or just any position at 15. I think there is a really interesting way of looking at this. Last year, the 15th overall pick was Kenyon Green, offensive lineman, Houston Texans. He signs a four-year, $16 million deal. He's got the fifth-year option, of course, so that impacts all of this. But when we talk about draft picks, one of the interesting things I think that we can look at is surplus value. So what a player is contributing versus what the market says that player is worth. So in other words, a premium defensive tackle gets paid X, and if you get a premium defensive tackle on a rookie contract, what kind of surplus value are you getting? You pay Kenyon Green, four years, 16. What does a top-tier offensive tackle make? That's surplus value if you're getting a top-tier offensive tackle. Kenyon Green was not that, but let's just pretend. So Alton Jenkins is a good example. A guard. He was an elite guard. A top guard right away. And it is giving you surplus value. But he is not giving you the same kind of surplus value because the league just doesn't value those kinds of players. Now, surplus value in terms of money is not the only way to think about value. I think there's a lot of other ways. I think wins above replacement, um, points added, all of those things. There are there are actual advanced metric ways to measure value beyond um, the market value in terms of money because the market doesn't always value these players the right way. In fact, we've seen this for years. Running backs, even, even until recently, were getting paid big money even as the metrics were telling us there isn't that big a difference between running backs. Defensive tackles, they're getting paid. They're still getting paid. They're still seeing a lot of value in the marketplace even if some of those guys are run stuffers, they're not really worth, truly worth in terms of their on-field value, what they're getting paid in real dollars. So with all of that being understood, Kevin Cole just did an interesting study, former pro football focused data scientist, um, and now has his own uh, site called Unexpected Points, looked at surplus value. There's a lot of studies out there on surplus value, but the guys who create the most surplus value are the are the positions we would expect. Quarterback, tackle, edge, corner, receiver, and, and then the little kind of wild card, interior defensive line. And I think part of that is because the guys who affect the game on the interior are so few that the guys get paid so much who do it. The Chris Joneses, the Aaron Donalds. We just saw Javon Hargrave get the bag. Those guys get paid a lot of money, but there are some there are some easy ways to to make it um, on that on the lower end. So I want to think about that as we look at okay, these are the players that make sense for Green Bay surplus value. So it's premium positions. OT number one, interior defensive line edge. They are sort of above everything else. Well. Kenny Clark is your nose, but he's going to play a lot of three-tech in this defense. You just used Devontae Wyatt, first-round pick. 
if you take another guy, I'm not saying don't take another guy, but if you do, they could start, they could beat out Devontae Wyatt, but you also have already invested money and resources in there. Are they going to create that kind of surplus value for you? Maybe, maybe it's a hedge against Devontae Wyatt. In the first round though, I don't think that's the most effective use of your resources. Okay. Um, Edge. As I said, I don't love this edge class. Preston Smith is going to be on this team for two, probably three more years. Rashawn Gary is going to get a long-term extension. Kingsley Anibari has shown he's a, he's a really nice player. So now it's not just surplus value. It is wins above, wins above replacement value of the guys you already have. How much better are those guys going to be than the players you already have? You bring back Justin Hollins as well. Year one, probably very little. And then in year two, Still probably battling Preston Smith for those reps. If it takes until year three, that value is shrunk a little bit. Now, if you end up with Rashawn Gary, as the Packers did, then all of a sudden you can balloon out that value, but it's worth considering here. If you love a guy, draft him, but it's worth considering. I don't think that's the best way to use your resources. So, corner. Eric Stokes is hurt. Russell Douglas is going to keep playing corner. It sounds like he's going to stay at corner. So you've got Russell Douglas. You've got Eric Stokes. You've got Jerry Alexander. They're going to give Keyshawn Nixon the chance to win this nickel job. They're pretty good in pretty good position at the cornerback position. So you're probably not going to maximize your surplus value at corner. That leaves two positions. Two positions we happen to talk about in the A block. Receiver. Offensive tackle. Now, offensive tackle is the number one surplus value position that it is in quarterback. Number one. And part of that is because these top level players are getting, you know, 20 plus million dollars. And I, I went back and looked at this. So that Kenyon Green contract, four years, 16. There isn't $4 million APY contracts being handed out in the NFL for offensive linemen. It is rookies only, basically, on those deals. And the reason is because if you're paying for a starter, you have to pay double-digit millions. Andre Dillard was not even the starter in Philadelphia. He got almost $10 million from the Tennessee Titans. James Hurst got $4 million from the Saints. He was the swing offensive lineman for the Ravens, not a preferred starter became a preferred starter for the, the Saints, but wasn't that guy. That's what $4 million gets you on the offensive tackle market. So you find a starter that is incredibly valuable. And for the Packers, that guy might have to start in a year. David Bakhtiari, this is probably going to be it. Unless you get an extension for him. And so... This goes back to the conversation we had a week or so ago about Yash Nyman. If you think he is your long-term left tackle or you think he can play right tackle and Zach Thomas left tackle, whatever. If you think you have two starting tackles and David Bakhtiari, then you're not going to have the value, that surplus value at tackle because they're not going to play. Even if they're talented, if they're not definitely talented, than the guy, more talented than the guys you have, they're not going to play and they're not going to provide value to you. That leaves one position 
left receiver. And that leaves one player left because he stands out above everyone else, and that is Jackson Smith Njigba. He is the guy in this draft, much the same way. You go back to the 2020 draft. Justin Jefferson was my guy in that draft for the Packers. That was the guy I wanted. Okay, and Jalen Rager. But I had Jefferson ahead of him. He was the dream scenario for me for that season. He is the guy in this draft. So if that is the case, and that is the case, be willing to go up and get him. And I don't care about the third round track record. Top 100 picks are valuable. Top 80 picks are really valuable. But if you're getting an extra second, if you're already getting that extra pick and you're going to have that extra top 50 pick, it is much easier for me to say, okay, third round pick, Eagles, here's the extra pick. We're going to move up and get a guy who we think can paradigmatically change our offense. If I'm the Packers, it is a no-brainer for me to go up and do that. So I am planting my flag here now. That is the guy. And if you can't get that guy, if you can't move up high enough to get that guy, move on back. Move back. Accumulate some picks. See if you get to 17 with Pittsburgh or to 20. And then grab Michael Mayer, Dalton Kincaid, a guy like that, and get your extra pick. And then day two, you can go to work. I think that is the prudent path forward here for the Green Bay Packers. All right, we're going to finish up here. But before we do, today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. The tournament is winding down, and there's no better place to get into the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It is great to bet on the NCAA tournament. It is really great. It is really fun. And now... You don't have to worry about a million games. There's four teams left. Two games. And then a national title game. So why not? Why not get in on the action? Because FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today and claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the nets. All that in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Crabb and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As we finish up here, one one quick thing I want to shout out. Dusty Evely, friend of the show. Wrote a piece for Packer Report about the middle of the field, throwing to the middle of the field. And do the does Aaron Rodgers really avoid the middle of the field? The answer is yes. And it turns out this is this is absolutely wild. It turns out not only does Aaron Rodgers avoid the middle of the field the way that 
really, we thought. It is the difference between the number one quarterback on the list in terms of how often they throw to the middle of the field is 23 percentage points. 14 fewer passes a game over the middle of the field compared to Jimmy Garoppolo. And what offense does Jimmy Garoppolo play in? Or did he play in? A Shanahan tree offense. This offense is designed to attack the middle of the field. And this reminded me of a line from Matt LaFleur in the 2020 pre-draft process. He was asked, and I'm going to see if I can go back and find this clip. He was asked what he was looking for in a quarterback. Should he and the Packers draft one? And one of the points he made was attacking the middle of the field, especially being able to hang in amid pressure and attack the middle of the field. That's what this offense is designed to do, but Aaron Rodgers does not like to do that, or at least over the last five to plus years has not wanted to do that. Jordan Love will do that. And I think if you're going to make the case, this is why this offense can work in in ways that it didn't last year and even in ways that it didn't in 2020 and 2021 when it was was an elite offense, is because the middle of the field is a skeleton key in the modern NFL. Attacking the middle of the field has never been easier because of the rules, because of the too high safety stuff. You can attack the middle of the field. Jordan Love will do that. Just something to keep in mind here, something we we will be hitting on more as we get through the process here. All right, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hit us up and hang out with us while we're live, you can do that on our Locked on Packers YouTube page to stay Locked on Packers.